Welcome back to the Vine Church podcast. Today we continue our studies in 1 Thessalonians, Paul, the Gospel and the Church. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at the Vine Church Heart. We'd love for you to join us over there. Hi guys, uh, nice to see you. Um, and uh, we're going to just finish um, this week uh, looking in 1 Thessalonians. I hope you have enjoyed it. Certainly I have, and I think Joshua as well. Um, So it tells us in chapter 5 and verse 25, brothers, pray for us. Greet all the brothers with a holy kiss. I charge you before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Now, the Apostle Paul has got to the end of the main body of his teaching, and he kind of finished with a a real powerful statement at the end of uh, verse 24, saying that God is faithful. And so you'd think, well, now he's just kind of a few little greetings at the end. We kind of let's just skip those. We don't need to worry about them. But actually, you know me well enough. There's plenty here just to chew on. And actually, do you know what? I think that these last few little verses I've read to you give us a wonderful summary of the key things that need to happen in the life of any church. So we find here that there is prayer. He says, brothers, pray for us. There is love. He says, greet one another with a brotherly kiss. So there is fellowship. And there is the word of God being preached. He says, read my letter out to all the churches. And then at the end, there is may the grace of of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. All of this has to happen through the grace of God. And so we see here that there is both intercession before God. uh, There is intimacy with one another fellowship. There is the inspiration of the scriptures. Uh, And it's all in the grace of God. So actually, really good verses for us to just look at together. And I want to focus for a minute today on the verses here where it says, brothers, pray for us. Now, remember that Paul right now is writing from Corinth. He's on mission in Corinth and he requests their prayers You see, I love how the Apostle Paul says here, brothers, and then he says, pray for us. We see that this is a team effort. He's in team in Corinth, preaching the gospel, and they, the team, need the prayers of the team back in Thessalonica to pray for them. And so he urges them to pray for his missionary work there in Corinth and for his team. Now, why should we pray? Why does Paul want them to pray? And I would suggest there are three reasons. The first is that Paul knows that he is dependent upon God. He needs God. He can't do this thing unless God empowers him. It's a test of our true humility that we recognise that we need to pray. You see, if we think we can all do it by ourselves, if we think that we have the pride to say, you know, I can do this, then we won't pray. But if we genuinely believe that we need God, 
then we will pray. A truly humble person will pray. A proud person will not pray. Now, the Apostle Paul tells us that when he arrived in Corinth, when he writes the letter to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians and chapter 2, he says there in chapter 2 and verse 3, when I came to Corinth, I came with fear in weakness and with much trembling. The Apostle Paul didn't turn up thinking that he could do it all on his own with clever rhetoric and clever preaching. He says we relied on the power of God and we came to you in weakness and came with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. So Paul recognises his utter dependence on God. You and I, to get through today, to do whatever God has got for us to do in this next season, need the help of God and we are dependent on him. The second reason I think Paul wants prayer is because he knows that God is sovereign. We depend on him. And secondly, God is sovereign. In fact, in Acts chapter 18, when we read of Paul's visit to Corinth, remember that he started in Thessalonica, then he was kicked out of the city. He went to Berea. He was then chased out of Berea. He then traveled down the Aegean Sea, down to Athens, and then went on to Corinth. There he is in Corinth, planting a church, and uh, Timothy arrives from Thessalonica and tells Paul, about how they are doing back in Thessalonica and he finds out they're doing really well and so he writes this letter to them to thank God for what how they're getting on but whilst he's in Corinth we read this that he is being persecuted he's thrown out of the Jewish synagogue even though the Jewish synagogue leader and his family become Christians and get baptized but he ends up preaching and then God speaks to Paul in a vision one night in Acts chapter 18 and verse 9, it says, One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent, for I am with you. And no one is going to attack and harm you because I have many people in this city. God reassured Paul that he was on the throne, that he was going to protect Paul, that he was with Paul and that he had many other people in this city who he was going to call to himself through the preaching of the apostle. And therefore, Paul could confidently keep going, not be afraid and keep doing the mission. And so Paul knows that God is sovereign and therefore he says to the people in Thessalonica, pray for me because God is on the throne. Now, we may say, well, hang on, if God is sovereign, we don't need to pray because he's going to do it anyway. But that's quite the opposite. You see, Paul, because God is sovereign, says that we do need to pray. I was thinking about this from Acts chapter two. And, you know, in Acts two, it tells us that in the early church, they were devoted to the apostles preaching and they were devoted to uh, to prayer and other things. And there's a link between being devoted to the apostles doctrine and prayer. If you listen to the teaching of the Bible, the apostles doctrine and hear that God is sovereign 
and that Jesus has risen from the dead and the spirit has been poured out, you will then want to pray because you know those things are true. There's a link between the truth and our desire to pray. Now, finally, let me just finish by saying this is a third reason why Paul wants their prayers. And that is because he knows prayer is effective. Prayer is powerful. He says, pray for us. Now, Paul isn't just saying, if you pray, you will feel better. If you pray, you will feel closer to God. He says, no, if you pray, things will happen. Things will change for us. Prayer actually changes things. And three times Paul has prayed for the people in the city through this letter. He prays for them three times, not so that he can feel better, but so that they would be better Christians. He's praying for them because it's going to make a difference in their lives. I love the way Ray Grace, who I phoned the other day, said to me, I said, we're praying for you, Ray. She's in hospital. And she said, I feel prayed for. I love that. She felt the effects of our prayers. You know, I was hearing a story the other day of a revival that took place and then it kind of just started to uh, wane. And the preacher said, you know, the reason is we stopped praying. The people thought, oh, well, it's down to the preacher. He's doing a great job. And they stopped praying and the revival started to uh, wilt away and they started praying again. And suddenly things started happening again. That's why we've scheduled two regular prayer meetings starting tomorrow, Wednesday, 12.30 to one o'clock. Please join us if you can. And again at nine o'clock on Sunday for half an hour on Zoom because prayer changes things. Let me just give you a few quick pointers for prayer right now. And perhaps when we finish this, you might spend a few minutes just committing these things to God. Let's pray for India. Let's pray for Shimona's family uh, at the church that's out there that she is uh, her family a part of. For the pastor there, Francis and his wife, Annie, and their son, Samuel, who all have COVID. We need to pray for them and we need to pray for the church and for the folks in India in that terrible situation. Let's pray also for Ray Grace in hospital and for Sheila Tuck, who's in hospital. Could you also please pray for uh, Annie Main, uh, Annabelle Main, and for Zach LaRue, my son, who are both doing two exams today and they're key A-level internal exams that are gonna be crucial for them both. They're both very nervous. It's been an eventful morning for us, seeing them out the door, uh, our builder arriving as well today. So please pray for those folks. Please pray for the church as well. We're, we're embarking on a big project uh, soon at the building. We also want to replant and establish ourselves in Fleet and in Odium with our congregations. So please pray for those things as well. And uh, let me just finish in prayer. Thank you that you hear us, Lord. Thank you that you listen to our prayers. Thank you that you're sovereign. And uh, so, Lord, if the Apostle Paul needed prayer, we know that we need prayer as well. And we need to join our voices in prayer. And so we do pray right now for all the things that I've mentioned this morning and other things as well. And we ask you that you would bring change, breakthrough, help, healing. Uh, Lord, uh, the kingdom advance 
Oh God, we pray that you be with Annie and Zach in their exams. We pray for our brothers and sisters in India, uh, for Ray and for Sheila. Lord, we commit these things to you. We ask you, sovereign God, would you have your way? Would you fulfill your plans? Would you do great things for us, greater than we could ask or imagine? We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.